Ready to talk about pot? Let's do it. Hello, welcome to another edition of 41 Files here at 41 Action News. I'm 41 Action News Today anchor Taylor Hemnes, and I think I just said 41 Action News four different times in one intro. Uh, also joined by 41 Action News, I guess, Sam, I, I haven't mentioned before, is it digital editor now? What is your exact title now that you've got the uh, the office job? Uh, digital director is digital the director. Uh, is the official title. Sam uh, Hartle, as as it relates to uh, this particular podcast, uh, producer is okay. I will. Very, I can. So I'll, I'll keep using either producer or and, director and joke teller. But I'll let you get through the next. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's 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 a heck of a business card that Sam Hartle has. <laughs> Just keep adding more on there. <laughs> and also, that's the voice of uh, 41 Action News reporter Nick Starling. Hi, Nick. Hello. Good morning. Uh, so we've had a lot of news going on this week. Uh, hopefully, you've been able to partake in watching or listening to a lot of that from 41 Action News. Um, one of the big stories, obviously, this week was the Tyreek Hill latest with the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver. And now we have a, a longer piece of audio that was released in addition to what was released a couple of months ago. It's an 11-minute piece of audio uh, that grabbed everyone's attention and started to potentially change the conversation or at least reinvigorate the conversation with what will happen with the Chiefs star wide receiver. Uh if you're not familiar with, we do uh, several podcasts here at 41 Action News. Uh, another one that we do, our sports-related podcast, our Chiefs-related podcast specifically, is 4th and 1. Uh, they do a great job over there, uh, Nick and Todd, of putting that together. Uh, and the conversation they had this week about that piece of audio on the 4th and 1 podcast, Sam tells me, may be one of the most downloaded podcasts 41 Action News has ever produced at this point, is that or listened to at least. Yeah, that, that's accurate. Yeah, so um, if you haven't listened to that yet, you're the one. Um, but if you haven't, uh, later in this podcast, we're going to play a snippet of that to give you a little taste of what they talked about and what that conversation included, and that may uh, in, uh, in, induce you to go and listen to the entire thing. I hope that it does. But for now, um, well, actually, Taylor. So another news. Oh, you've got more. Uh, it, so yesterday, the big the big story in the morning was the uh, the uh, pig intestines, right? That was the big the pig story. The pig story mm-hmm. yesterday. <laughs> Uh, and <laughs> of, of course, we had lots of puns this morning. About the, that. the puns, the puns were were plentiful, mm-hmm. uh, as were the jokes. I don't know if you guys uh, saw saw one of the, our our Facebook uh, people jokes. Uh, I did not. This is, and it's actually it's actually pretty good. But uh, so, what do you call intestines that fall out of a truck? Uh, I, I don't know. Yeah. No idea. None. Uh, <laughs> Roadkill. I I got nothing. Semicolons. <laughs> well, that'll do it for another edition of Forty One Files. Oh Have man, a good day. I'm listen. There, as uh, oh, as, wow. as 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 someone likes to say, uh, ain't no bad joke like a dad joke, and that was another one. I I love that. So uh, we'll we'll take those those as often as we can get them. I think that's a good segue to Nick. Absolutely, <laughs> perfect, Nick, <laughs> perfect segue. We can't. To have a better segue to you than pig guts, so I, pig I guts, apologize. Pig intestines. Um, you're here today to talk about uh, cannabis in Missouri because we are getting closer and closer to the uh, distribution of that or the, how it, uh, that's going to change the state. Uh, we're trying to figure out what that's going to look like. Many different state agencies, many different people are trying to figure out 
okay, how do I get it? How do I grow it? How do I sell it? All these questions we have to answer. Uh, you talked about that quite a bit this week, specifically about the how and where these things can be. Talk about what you've been following this week. Yeah, so we had that big election in November last year where voters approved medical marijuana in the state. And so now all these cities are trying to figure out where these medical marijuana dispensaries and uh, growing facilities will be built. And mm. so now you have you know a lot of these cities just trying to figure that out because this is something new to them. They've never had to deal with something like this before. And so Kansas City uh, just yesterday kind of announced some zoning laws where these you know medical cannabis uh, dispensaries and growing facilities can be at. And one of the big talking points is um, how far away they can be from churches, schools, and daycares, mm-hmm. because those are the areas where there's already laws in place for liquor stores. Yeah. They have to be 300 feet away from you know a school and, and things like that. And so, um, and so now, uh, yesterday, the city council voted on um, 300 feet away from churches, schools, and daycares. This is when you say voted on, they've approved this. They've this approved is, this, this is what the rules are going to be for the city. Rules, yes. These are the rules. So, uh, yeah, 300 feet away from... It's a, it gets a little complicated because these are just for dispensaries. So, 300 feet away from schools, churches, and daycares. And they went through a lot of talking yesterday. At first, it was 750 feet away from schools because they were a little... I don't know about this, but for dispensaries, a lot of the advocates for uh, the medical cannabis say, you know, this is just like a pharmacy, so why should it be right. so far away from a school? Because the, the original distance that the state recommended was 1,000 feet, a right? Thousand that that came from the state of Missouri. Correct. Right. Yeah, 1,000 okay. feet. And yet, in the Constitution, it has where cities can make their own laws on that. It could be zero feet away from a school. Yeah. It could be right next to a school, a church, or a daycare. So, uh, some cities have done that, like St. Joseph. They're like, well, you can be as close as you want to be. And then you have some other cities like Independence uh, that says you need to be 1,000 feet away. So they did the maximum of what you can do. So uh, you have a lot of different cities now just trying to figure this out. Um, and as I mentioned, that was just for dispensaries. For a growing facility, they have it to where uh, they have to be 750 feet away from a school. Okay. So there's four different little categories dispensaries where you know people can pick it up and they have to get their medical card and and that sort of thing the growing facilities that has to be at least 750 feet away from the school so uh in these four different categories depending on what you look at um you know it depends on, on yeah that's and it's interesting that you raise that point about or what they what was raised yesterday by the 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 advocates about that well it's it's no different than a pharmacy because to my knowledge there's no listing of how far a pharmacy has to be away from a school or anything like that. So it's interesting. It's also, and again, I, I feel like I'm um, going to ask some dumb questions this, in this situation, but uh, it, it also is interesting to me that the decision to make the growing part of this have to be further away than the dispensary because isn't in the dispensary, it's more, it's it's in its final form at that point, it right? Is. I mean, because mm-hmm. in a growing situation, it's mm-hmm. it's it's still a plant, basically, it you know, it's, uh, it's, yeah. in, it's in the dirt. Mm-hmm. But in its final form, it can be closer to these situations. Do, I mean, Sam, does that not strike you as odd? Or is it, am I the only one in the room that thinks that's a little bit odd? I think what's odd is uh, is that Kansas City is kind of differed from maybe the state guidelines a little bit, maybe. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. Uh, and, and what the, I talk with Norm, Normal KC, uh, and they're the ones, a uh, local group, who look at all these laws and regulations, yeah. and they say... Uh, 
what's different between uh, these dispensaries is that there'll be no signage. And some of the concerns with you know some of these preschools are there'll be the weed, you know, the pot sign, right. all these things saying dispensary, buy your you know cannabis here. And so normal Casey is saying these dispensaries won't have any signage on the front of their stores. They won't have anything kind of promoting where they're at. So it'll mm-hmm. just be kind of a, almost a stealth like place where, you know, they're trying not to lure in these kids and, and they say kids aren't allowed in these dispensaries at all. Um, whereas, you know, they argue kids could be allowed in liquor stores if they're, you know, accompanied with, with by a parent. parent. Mm-hmm. Correct. Yeah. So that's our argument. What was the uh, discussion like among city council? Was it was it pretty heated? Did it go pretty quickly? What was how would you characterize how it was discussed as this decision was being made? Well, there are two meetings yesterday. There was one in the uh, Transportation Committee, uh, oddly enough, and that's mm-hmm. where this was kind of discussed at uh, yesterday morning around 845. And so the committee members are just, you know, four or five members that discuss uh, before heads the full council at three o'clock yesterday. And so uh, their recommendation was, you know, 750 feet away from a school for the dispensary. Um, you know, they had a lot of concerns from the schools and from the daycares and, and other things like that. And then it kind of morphed throughout the day. There was some discussion between the city council members as the hours went on until the full council where they voted 10-2 uh, to have these recommendations, you know, 300 feet because they were like, you could exclude a whole section of a city. And one of their main concerns was the east side where there are so many churches right. um, that some people who wanted to, you know, have a, one of these dispensaries weren't able to have them in a lot of sections of the east side. or some Just other. because of the number of things already in place. Exactly. Yeah. And so you, they were basically ex- excluding a large part of the city. And so a lot of the council members were like, well, you know, you're excluding a lot of where some people may be helped by this. Uh, so we need to actually have it to where it's closer uh, to some of these, you know, schools and daycares and churches, because otherwise you'll basically be exempting the whole section of the city. Yeah. Is what the argument was. When, when does this go into effect? And then I thought it was interesting that in addition to um, the distances, which in, in the grand scheme of things, 300 feet is not, it's that's, not a lot. That's 30 yards. That's yeah. a, a third close. of a football field. Exactly. Very uh, close. And so I, I, that was kind of interesting that effectively there's really no distance regulation for right. a lot of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of when they go into effect and the hours that these establishments can be open, what did you learn about that? That's a good point. Also in discussion yesterday was the hours of operation these dispensaries can be at, and that is from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m., seven days a week. So uh, there's some that can allow them to be open until 10 p.m. or whatever, however late they want them to be, 24-7. So, but Kansas City had a regulation they approved yesterday, so from 8 to 5. And so um, a lot of uh, people were saying, you know, Kansas City's a little behind the ball in this because a lot of cities have already set these regulations months ago. Yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of what how this goes into effect, uh, really 2020 is when you'll start to see a lot of this happening because there's a lot of time that this uh, commission has on uh, where, you know, they're getting these applications. The deadline uh, is August 3rd. And so there's already been over 500 to open dispensaries, right? Is, is to get the applications in. application. Yeah. In, yeah mm-hmm. August 3rd. And so there's about 150 days. So there's quite a few days before this agency to look at all these applications, see who can qualify uh, to open up these dispensaries. And remember, there's only uh, you got, you know, hundreds of applications and only 24 per the eight congressional districts in the state could have can open up. So yeah. um 
you know, you may have, you know, 16 in Kansas City, but you'll have some, you know, over, you know, Parkville, over, mm-hmm. you know, depending on where you're at. So, yeah. you know, eight uh, congressional districts for 24 of these dispensaries. So you'll be seeing. So 20, I'm saying you're saying 24 total in the state is what can be open? 24 or? per congressional per district. Per congressional district. So you'll okay. have over 100 yeah. in, the, in the yeah, state. Yeah. Okay. Or, and I mean, that deadline's coming up. That's less than a month away. August 3rd is coming it is. up, right? Yeah, so. yep. coming up pretty fast. Another another interesting uh, regulation that the city passed as part of its ordinance yesterday uh, where they talk about external impacts, and they say all medical marijuana facilities shall install and operate a ventilation system <laughs> that will prevent any odor from marijuana from leaving the premises of the facility. Mm-hmm. So you can't get a contact high. Um, no odor shall be detectable by a person with a normal sense of smell beyond the property lines, whatever <laughs> a normal sense of smell would be. Uh, and then further, for the production facilities, they can't produce dust, vibration, noise, and other external impacts that are detectable beyond the property lines of, of the subject property. So, I, I yeah. can't help but be struck by, and I, I'm not even sure why that I am, but I can't help <clears throat> but be struck by the uh, the church inclusion in this list. And I have <clears> – <throat> excuse me, I'm coughing. I have no problem saying that I, I'm a regular church attendee. I go on every, every Sunday morning to our church in Overland Park. Um, I don't know how I would react if there was a – marijuana dispensary opened up within 750 feet or 350 feet of of my church and i i it, it, we have the conversation about prayer in schools and church and state and that accommodation but yet here we are lumping schools and churches together in this conversation about where they can be in relation to these new buildings I, I, it just strikes me as interesting and like i said i'm not even sure why it does well I, so what would be interesting about that is you know there's uh, and i you know there's a, a church i forget the name of it on the west plaza it's on uh, the roanoke i think it's whatever uh, uh one way goes south mm-hmm. um and they always have services but it's in the middle of a commercial area not scientist. You mean the scientist? Possibly. No, no, no. This is this is on top of the hill. Okay. Um, uh, not too far away from the uh, Bernstein and Ryan building, um, but or even even the uh, Church of the Resurrection's downtown uh, location, mm-hmm. which is near the the Casey Star building. That's also in a in a very commercial area, uh, where you wouldn't think twice. I mean, it's probably within. Uh, you know, there's plenty of bars down there. Absolutely. Uh, and so that's where I think it's kind of interesting. Whereas you compare that to more of a suburban style of development where. You know, a church might be, you know, in a more isolated area mm-hmm. away from a commercial area um, where you wouldn't expect maybe a, you know, a, a dispensary to be right right next door. But. Right. Do we expect these these growing facilities, and Nick, you may not know the answer to this question yet, but do we expect these growing facilities to be something that you could find in a strip mall potentially? Like, obviously, the dispensary is going to have a certain look to it, like almost a storefront mentality kind of situation. Do we have any idea what these growing facilities are going to look like? I mean, is it going to look like nothing if you don't know what it is? Well, interestingly enough, a lot of times some people who are applying to this say they also want to have the growing facility in the dispensary, dispensary yeah. too. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, a long time ago, I went up to uh, for another story to Minnesota and their growing facility, and that thing is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doing a story, and I don't think it'll be just like that. I think these will be maybe smaller, you know, operations where you're not going to have like a, you know, a thirty thousand square foot facility right. <laughs> growing these things. Right. So um, it may be a small room in the back of a dispensary where they're growing these, and obviously you probably have to have a certain temperature control and. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting with those regulations. But that changes for the business owner. If, you, if you're if you not planning to grow your own, so to speak, mm-hmm. it changes where you can be located versus if you are someone who's going to grow and sell in the same spot, exactly. it changes where you can be located in relation mm-hmm. to some of these places. That's interesting, too. Yeah. 
All and, right. Oh, you had something else you want to add? Oh, no. I just um, when I was making the calls yesterday, going back to the churches, some yeah. you know, preachers and pastors were a little concerned because, you know, their belief, sometimes they don't believe in any kind of recreational drug use. This isn't supposed to be recreational, but they believe that this could lead, you know, to maybe a Colorado type sure. of a law sure. as the country is heading a little bit more in that direction as more states are passing those kind of laws. And they fear that, you know, eventually down the road, these same facilities will also be the same dispensaries that you can do recreational. And so that's some of their main concerns right now may be medical, but but eventually you know, ten years down the road it may be the same exact dispensaries that are, you know have set up shop will be doing recreational as well, and so that's some of their main concerns. Too. Yeah, I think it'll be very interesting once we get to that day because I I really I think it's very possible we're going to get to that day what the rollout looks like because you already have members of Congress right now calling for the legalization of, of recreational marijuana that kind of thing. I, I think it will be interesting to see what the rollout looks like because uh, we already saw some some tension just for this on a state level and to see what that's going to look like uh, one day down the road. Nick, mm-hmm. thank you for your for your time and, and your reporting on this. We appreciate Thanks that. Thanks for having me. So again, a reminder, uh, we're going to be back hopefully next week as usual. Um, 41 Files is just one of the podcasts we produce here at 41 Action News. Fourth and One is another very popular one that covers the Chiefs. Obviously, they're about to get uh, very, very busy here at the end of the month when training camp picks up, but they were busy this week too when we got this latest news on Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill, and they kind of went over that 11-minute piece of audio we were given this week and be able to to get the entire thing. Uh, We've got a snippet of that here that you can listen to. And if that interests you to go and listen to the entire podcast, we uh, recommend that highly that you go and follow them as well. Uh, For this edition of 41 Files, I'm Taylor Hemnes. Sam, thanks as always. We'll see you. There's been another uh, revelation, so to speak, um, in in the Terry Kill investigation. Obviously, this is something that's been going on um, since March, um, you know, and, and really picked up steam in, in late April around the time of the NFL draft. Um, and uh, today, though, um, 610 Sports Radio um, aired the 11-minute uh, version, um, the, the complete audio recording that um, allegedly took place between Crystal Espinal and Chiefs wide receiver Tyree Kill as they walked through an airport in Dubai. And uh, based on the fact that, uh, look, I mean, I haven't authenticated the video, obviously, or sorry, the audio, obviously. I mean, I, I don't have voice recordings of everybody um, or anything like that. But um, Tyree Kill's attorneys, um, you know, when they, when they re- responded after the, the audio was released the day of the first day of the, the NFL draft, um, you know, basically substantiated the fact that that this audio, uh, you know, I mean, obviously by responding to um, the allegations that were raised in the audio, um, you know, they, they've in a way stipulated the fact that, hey, yeah, this is an authentic recording. So um, anyway, Nick, I just wanted to get your thoughts because I really feel like the um, long version of it, the 11-minute version of it, um, just puts everything that was said um, in that conversation in a different context. Uh, do you feel the same way? Well, um, first thing I want to say is give a tip of the cap to uh, obviously Karenson Harrison, Sean Levine, Brandon Kiley, and uh, Steven Spector for putting that 11-minute thing out there and intercom themselves. They, and, they put the whole audio out there. And that, I mean, you, you've been calling for that you know, since it all happened. I mean, I, there, there, you can go back and check the, the record. There are previous, uh, you know, podcasts where you said you were kind of reserving judgment because you wanted to hear the whole 11 minute audio and not jump to conclusions. Correct. And, and, and the thing that's this real world and this complicated in this context, you need full context on every single thing that you're going to, uh, what you're going to use or what there's going to be. And, 
you just, you just want to have it all. You want to know every single fact possible, every single thing that's involved in the investigation that you can, so that you can make an informed decision uh, on your own opinion on it. And there's always going to be different vantage points in life. Everybody has different experiences. Everybody had different upbringings. Some people over, had to overcome massive op- obstacles to get to where they are. And I'm a person that likes to know all of that so that I can that I can be well informed so that I can understand why a person did what they did or why a person went through what they went through or how a person views something. So in that regard, I want to have everything to be able to make a well-informed decision and a well-informed opinion on everything. So I wanted to hear that in full context so that I know what led up to those snippets, what led up to those comments being put out there. And then that allowed me to also be able to see was what was missed, maybe what I interpreted in a voice inflection, what I hear in a tone, what I hear the directive being sent and questioning how a person's questioning something, what are the what what tactics are they trying to use, how are they going about their approach in this, and the other thing that I had that I've had the entire questions the entire time is who had to gain from the recording being out there, why were they doing the recording and all those things combined, because then that helps you establish a person's motives for why that's out there and why, and, and you know, why that's public knowledge. Well, it's pretty clear, um, you know, from the audio, um, you know, all along it's been uh, reported that Crystal recorded this without Tyreek Hill's knowledge as they walked through the airport. And anytime you hear that, I think you have to, you know, like you said, question the motivation behind why, you would do that. I mean, I, I, you know, I've recorded lots of conversations in my day, but that's because I was a sports reporter and I was trying to record them so I could accurately replay, um, you know, what but someone the, but the said. Person, the person was aware. Sure. Yeah. And, and in every case, person. yeah. And in every case, they they were aware. Um, and even if I was on the phone, I would always say, "Hey, do you mind if I record this?" Um, just because different states have different wiretap laws that that that. That you know, but uh, to secretly record an audio, uh, assuming that 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 is in fact what happened, um, it, it automatically raises some questions about about the motives, and and that's some of that's what stood out in hearing the full eleven minute version, you know, because we heard some of the more salacious s- stuff where they were talking about. Um, you know what happened to the three-year-old son? How his arm came to be broken, and and you know the the fact that the allegedly broken. Well, no, I mean his arm was broken, yeah. but it's it you yeah. know you know yeah I mean his arm was broken. It's that's not an allegation, but the but how his arm came to be broken, whether it was an accident or whether, as is insinuated, there was something uh, insidious behind it. Um, you know, like those parts and some of the other parts where um, Tyreek got a little hot under the collar and 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 called her names. Um, you know, made the headlines and certainly uh, made for some pretty bad headlines. I know back then I, I was not sure that Tyreek Hill um, would survive it, but um, hearing the context, and, and, and look, and it's important to note, the audio coming out is also what prompted the Chiefs. Ultimately, that's the day that they they went ahead and suspended Tyreek Hill from all team activities. But some of the parts that stood out to me were um, early in the conversation when Tyreek tries to bring up the 2014 incident um, in which he pled guilty to domestic violence and got kicked off the Oklahoma State football team um, because of an incident that happened in Stillwater um, with uh, his then-pregnant girlfriend. You know, I mean, he seems to imply that, that 
he was still very upset with the fact that he felt like she lied on the stand and that she embellished and or outright made up some of the allegations against him back then and talks about how it ruined his life. And when you hear that context and when you hear him talk about that and when you hear him ask her repeatedly, did I hit you? Did I hit you, though? And she won't answer the question directly and then tries to steer the conversation back toward um, you know, everything that went on back in March with the police investigations into, you know, ch- allegations of child abuse. It, those are the kind of things that when you hear it in the full context of the audio and, and you, you know who was aware of, what, of the recording and, and, and you then begin to question, okay, so what was the purpose behind this recording? And, and it really raises a lot of red flags. Let's play a quick snippet of the audio uh, courtesy of 610 Sports Radio. My life was relied on me in 2014, bro. And, and, and if you want to rewind that night, we can rewind that night, too. You was in my house. And, and, and did I pick you up and slam you? Hell no, I picked you up and put you out my door. And after that, you left. And on my son, you did that, bro. And, 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 and then when you get in the courtroom, you want to sit up there and crowd on the stand he hit me he man come on bro then where did the bruises come from Tyreek did I hit you where did the bruises come did from did I hit you though I'm asking where did, did the you? bruises come did from did I hit you though did I hit you tell the truth tell me the truth in my you're, eyes right no now. you're look not you're not thinking about what look had happened look at me the, that we're me. not thinking about that no, right no, now the no, issue no, is no, no. we're we gonna handle both of these issues right now while it's on my chest because it still hurt over that bro that audio, courtesy of The Drive, which airs 2 to 6 p.m. on weekdays on 610 Sports Radio. Uh, we really appreciate those guys uh, uh, allowing us to use uh, a snippet there. So let me ask you, Nick, when you hear that audio, you know, what's your takeaway? The way I'm going to phrase it is when, when the female voice is directing the conversation a certain way and then our person who sounds like Tyreek um, states that the 2014 incident that you're referencing, he he allegedly is somebody who doesn't who doesn't know about the um, about the about the fact that it's allegedly being recorded at that time. Yeah. So in, in terms of you're going to get the you're probably going to get the full blown honesty from that individual at that moment if the, if they don't know about the about that aspect of it being recorded. So what I found is what I, what I interpret is that that's his thought process and how he, and how he feels and the female voice, not deflecting those things. I, I find curious. Yeah. I mean, it definitely, um, you know, raised some questions. Then here's the, here's the problem with the way, um, that, uh, you know, that the audio was originally presented when it was broken up and and in effect, you know, it was edited into more digestible pieces. But the problem is that I I think that it changes, um, you know, it it changes how you view the conversation as well, because um, this is a conversation that went on for a long time. Uh, You can hear them going through security checkpoints at different, at different times. Um, And, there was almost a look at and look. I'm not saying that that to be clear here. Let, let's let's be clear. This I don't think that this you know exonerates um, Tyreek Hill completely. I mean, there's still the issue of um, you know. I mean, whether it's appropriate to you know 
um, use a belt on a three-year-old and things like that. I mean, obviously, the DCF investigation is still in place. And, and look, by all accounts, Tyreek Hill is doing what he's being asked to do by the courts. Um, that doesn't mean that, you know, nothing about this audio to me says that, um, that you know, that, that Tyreek is harmless in this and that he's been a model father. And I don't think that that's what this conversation should be construed to mean. Um, but it, it definitely paints a picture of somebody who um, – because the other thing that stood out to me was the part where at the end of the conversation when they were talking and he said, you know how I am with kids. Um, you know, you know how I am. Yeah, I'm hard on on our son, but I would never hurt him um, in life. And and when you hear that and, 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 and when you put that in the context of, you know, uh, uh, an increasingly frustrated guy having an argument with his wife as they or fiance as they walk through an airport. um you know, and and knowing like we do that that we don't believe that he knew that he was being recorded at the time, it certainly doesn't paint the picture of this monster that hearing just the isolated sound bites out of context did two months ago when everybody first heard the audio for the first time. No, uh, like well, I said, like like I've said before on our podcast and in general, I just I think they're. I, I'm a person that wants to hear the thing in its entirety. And like I said, I appreciate 610 being able to give that in its entirety and to be able to hear that. I, it's a piece of the puzzle. And like you're saying there, it's not the whole puzzle and we may never have the whole puzzle. So there's still obviously parts where I'm going to reserve my opinion on some aspects of it. Cause I don't have every ounce of it, but it's, it definitely raises some questions from the recording and it's, it's just good to have the full context to be able to hear the conversation, what each person's feeling, what they're thinking and the tone they're using to be able to try to gauge the mindset of it. But what I will take overall out of the whole thing is I, I think for both of the individuals in the recording, it's probably for the best they go their separate ways after, after all this is, done and resolved and i think they're probably going to be better people going different directions that don't involve being around each other on a regular basis 